I will give unto you the key of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, what we thought Jesus was saying is that he's saying we can cast and bind spirits. But if it's just about casting and binding spirits, I want to get it now, then Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 will be enough. There wouldn't be any need for this variation of that statement. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. It said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing can by any means hurt you. So it is enough for you to tread upon serpents and scorpions. I mean, you're stopping the operation from going on, are we? But he said, Behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, what do you do with the kings of the kingdom of heaven? What you do is that you cause things to be allowed and disallowed. Now, as an ambassador of Jesus, allow things on earth, or you can disallow things on earth. And the first place you allow things and disallow things is in your personal life. Praise the Lord. The first place, the first center of oppression, the first place where we allow or disallow things is our personal life. And then comes into our immediate family. And from our immediate family, it extends into our local church. And from the local church, it extends into the neighborhood. And from the neighborhood, it extends into the state. And from the state, he extends into the nation. So one single person, I'm being honest with you, spiritually speaking, one single person can disallow evil occurrences in an entire country. One man. Whatsoever, the, the proper rendition, the proper translation in English of that scripture is whatsoever you shall allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. So let us make this a standard rule now. If you are taking notes, please note it, that whatever happens on earth is allowed. And it is not heaven that allows it, it is men that allows it. You know, I was surprised when God told Joshua, that you are going to be the one to make your own way prosperous. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I was very surprised that God told Joshua that you are going to determine if your way would be prosperous or not. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Joshua 1 8 now. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth day and night. But you will meditate therein day and night. Hallelujah. You will meditate day in, day and night, and then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. So you are capable of making your own way prosperous or not so prosperous. The key is in your hands. So the first thing I want to emphasize on tonight is that the key, I want to get it down, that the key to a better life is not just in the hands of God, it's in your hands. Whatsoever you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. 
please do not make mistake. It is still God that exalts men. Are we together now? It is still God that exalts men. But the Bible says how God does it. He said, uh, <laughs> humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Is that not what the Bible says? The Bible says, under, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Now, what we should have asked is that what is the mighty hand of God? If the mighty hand of God is something that we are to humble ourselves under, not even God now, the mighty hand of God is what we must humble ourselves to. If we can humble ourselves to the mighty hand of God, we will become exalted in due time. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. You see the mighty hand of God now. Isaiah 53 and verse 1. The Bible says, Who have believed our report? This is Prophet Isaiah prophesying now. He said, Who had believed our report? And then he said, To whom is the hand of the Lord revealed? So the person that believes the report of God is the person that will that will I mean that the hand of the Lord is revealed to. So the mighty hand of God, so to say, okay, is revealed to the man that believes the report of God. I would get every day. So in reality, what you are going to humble yourself to is not um, some sort of hand, but the word of God. Because the report of God is the word of God. This is why 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you to the knowledge of God. Grace and peace be multiplied. So there is a multiplication of grace. There is a multiplication of peace when the word of God enters into your life. Hallelujah. So you are still the determinant of your own exaltation. Hallelujah. My emphasis at this point, at this time, is that you are the one that is causing things to happen. You either allow or disallow things can we agree on this brethren that we are the reasons for the things that happens to us so if anything is happening to you now you allowed it and so if you don't want that thing to happen to you again you can disallow it this is my emphasis tonight hallelujah so the same thing for afflictions because tonight we have come to learn how to deal with afflictions. We have come to learn how to deal with manifestations of darkness of all kinds. So we'll start from manifestations of darkness of all kinds first. And then specifically narrow it down to afflictions. And then specifically narrow it down to, you know, funny dreams. <laughs> you know, let, let, me share, let me share this experience. I was coming down from church one day. It was early in the morning after spending about three I think three days in church or thereabouts, I was just going home. And so I met this supposed man of God, emphasis on supposed. I met this supposed man of God and he saw me on the road and he called me and I approached him and he said that um, as I was coming, that me, uh, not me now, him, that he had, you know, he has used his head to, you know, take some cobwebs. And I was like, really? I, I checked my head, there was no cobwebs though. 
And he said, so spiritually speaking, I said, okay, so what do you want me to do? He now said, as at that time, I was not a pastor yet. He now said, um, what you're going to do is that you're going to get water and put it in, uh, you know, put it outside in the open here around 12 and wait till around four in the morning. And then you had salt and then you had sand and then you had all kinds of things. He mentioned all kinds of things. And then he said, by around 5 a.m. in the morning, you're going to pour that water on your head. And he says, that water, once it touches your head, it is going to take off all of the cobwebs. Hallelujah. Now, when it was done, I told him, young, sir, young man, sir, you see me that you're talking to? Me. I am born of God. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. The moment I said that, he said, ah, this man is a pastor. He left my presence. Many times, because we are looking for a way to deal with the world, when I say world, I refer to the powers that be in the world. When we are looking for a way to deal with the world, when we are looking for a way to overcome the nuances of the world, when we are looking for a way to overcome what the devil calls, it, what, the, what people in the world call Ishiaye, <laughs> so to say, okay, we tend to become introduced to the hard way and not rest on what Christ has done. Colossians chapter 2. It is important that I show us these things so that we can know how to handle them. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. I need somebody to post it for me, please. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. Thank you, Father. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. I am telling us this evening that Jesus didn't come into this world and died and went back to heaven just so that you can be afflicted again. No. No, 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 no. Now, Colossians 2.10. Now, let's, let's, let's read from here. We're reading from verse 10 down to verse 16. It says, And you are complete through your union in Christ. Oh, sorry. You are complete through your union with Christ. He is the Lord over everything in the universe. Hear this. You are complete in Christ. Who is the head? Of all principalities and powers. That's the KJB version. That you are complete in Christ. Listen to this. You are complete. What it means to be complete is that you are whole. You are without blemish. You are without... Um, I'm looking for another word that can be used. You are complete. There is nothing wrong with you. You have all the requirements in Christ. Who is now the head of all principalities and powers? Now, let me ask you a question. And I want you to think about it, spiritually speaking now. That if you are complete in him, who is the head of all principalities and powers? I'm asking you a question. If you are complete in, the, in Christ Jesus, which is the head of all principalities and powers? I'm asking you, who is now the head of all principalities and powers on earth? You! So everywhere you go, you can manifest as the head of all principalities and powers. And how you do this is to stand on what Christ has done, not try to fight your own battle. 
Hallelujah. So the first approach a believer must have towards the powers that be in the world, that is that he is not fighting. Hello? Is somebody listening to me at this time? The first approach you must have, the first consciousness you must have, is that you are not fighting. If you do anything that makes it seem as if you are fighting, I will get it now, or you pray the prayers of warfare, so to say, hmm? you are going to just spend your time praying and you are going to continue losing. This is why it seems like many of our prayers regarding these things do not work. I remember I was going to, you know, I was going to, okay, I was not even, let me not even share that one. I was talking to somebody, just talking, and the person shared the problem that she has with me in the middle of a lot of people. And I said, oh, that problem that you have is not a natural problem. Oh, I, she said she, she thought it was natural. And then I shared the truth with her right there, and then the problem was off, right there and then. We don't fight. In the kingdom of God, you are not designed to fight. Hallelujah. You are not designed to fight. Does the Bible talk about warfare? Yeah. I'm saying this so that there's no misconceptions because where we are going is actually deeper. I'm saying this now so that we can address the foundation. You are not designed to fight. Does the Bible talk about spiritual warfare? Yes, it does talk about spiritual warfare. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. It says, But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Now we should now need to ask ourselves that what is a stronghold? A stronghold is not the throne of Satan. A stronghold is not the throne of principalities in your neighborhood. A stronghold is not a shrine. A stronghold is not anywhere. It's not even the three junction where they put, uh, you know, where they put um, sacrifices. It's not even the altar of sacrifices. Yeah, that's the word. You'll be shocked to discover that a stronghold is a mindset that is now being empowered by a demonic force. And that is why the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. And it describes in the next verse how we pull down these strongholds. It says, we cast down imaginations. If... Casting down imaginations is pulling down strongholds. Are we together? And pulling down strongholds in spiritual warfare. Are we together now? Then it means that casting down imaginations is spiritual warfare. And how do you cast down imaginations? You can only cast down imaginations with the truth. And this is why Jesus said, you will know the truth and it shall set you free. Hallelujah. So, you are not designed to fight. You are already victorious. You are designed to reign. So if a king that you are now decides to begin to fight, you're going to lose. Because what you are doing is that you are getting out of what Jesus has done and trying to do your own thing. Hallelujah. You are completing him. Somebody say, I'm completing him. Which is the head of all principalities and powers. Somebody say, I am complete in Christ Jesus. 
who is the head of all principalities and powers. He says, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, verse 12 says, buried with him in baptism. There's a, there's a reason why this is important. Buried with him in baptism, yea, also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Now, verse 13, and you being dead in your sins and on the circumcision of your flesh, at he quickened together with him, having forgiven you, everybody say, all trespasses. Having forgiven you all trespasses. This is not our destination. Our destination is Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 1 to 9. We're just laying the foundation now. Okay, haven't forgiven you all trespasses. I don't even want to touch that tonight. Haven't forgiven you all trespasses. Know this that it is the it is the entrance of sin that is it is the entrance of trespasses that gave rise to punishment and the wages of sin is there. Now, if God has forgiven you all trespasses, are we together now? It means that the wages of sin must no longer be paid by you. And so, if the wages of sin is death, are we together now? And so, therefore, every manifestation of death of any kind should not be in your life for any reason. Are we together now? It says, and he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which were contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Verse 15, our emphasis, and having spoiled principalities and powers. Somebody say, having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It is enough, prisoner. It is enough that you remind the forces that you come to them in the name of Jesus who has won. Hallelujah. It is enough that you remind the powers that be that they have lost. It is enough that you remind them that they are no longer in power. Praise the Lord. It is enough that you remind them that they, are, they no longer have any authority to operate. Now, if Jesus has indeed won in that day, if Jesus indeed won in that day, I was getting out. The question I want us to ask ourselves is why are we still fighting? So if you still find yourself fighting as a believer, what this means is that you do not believe that Jesus won. Now, if you are not going to fight, how do you deal with the effects of darkness in your life? How do you deal with the attacks of darkness in your life? Hallelujah. How do you undo this? Ephesians chapter 6. I don't know. Scriptures is just coming out tonight. Praise God. Uh, this is not really where we, where we wanted to go. But I believe God is helping us. Ephesians chapter 6. How do we undo it? And this is true for any issue that you may have. Any appearance of darkness that you may have. In John chapter 1, I'm waiting for Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to be posted. Verse 10 down to uh, verse 12, 13. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, in John chapter 1, you don't have to worry about that. In John chapter 1 and verse 4, the Bible says, In the world was life, and the life was the light of man. 
in the word of God is life. Life is the life of man. We know that men are experiencing troubles and all kinds of problems because they are in darkness. Hallelujah. In fact, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says that God has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So all attacks from evil, all kinds of evil attack, all kinds of evil manifestations are the works of darkness. And the Bible says that the world has life and the life of the world is the light of men. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Thank you, sir. God bless you. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11. It says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, you do not stand against the attacks of the devil. What you stand is against the wiles of the devil. And another word for wiles is deception. It says, take on your, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the deception of the devil. So your experience currently can be a deception from the devil. You see, those evil dreams you used to have can be a deception from the devil. I mean, that particular dream that they used to pursue you can be a deception for the devil. Those kind of scary dreams that you have and then something happens after you have in that dream is a deception from the devil. You can choose to accept it or not. Is somebody learning now? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So there's the wrestling. Somebody said there's the wrestling. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Can we take, see, verse 14 down to 19, please. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Look at this. Take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And he said, having done all to stand. And having done all to do what? To stand. I, I, was, I was thinking it would say, having done all to rezu. No, he didn't say that. He said, having done all to stand. Listen to this and listen good. Your job is to stand. Hallelujah. Your job is to do what? I mean practically, stand. Another language for standing is insisting. The Bible is saying God is expecting you to insist on something. And then how are you to insist? Hear this. Stand therefore, that is, insist therefore. Abi, we are, we, are, we are replacing stand with insist. Now, insist therefore, having your loins guide about with truth. Hallelujah. What is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, if Jesus is the word of God, and the word of God is Jesus, and then it means that the word of God is truth. 
Hallelujah. So put on the belt of truth. That is, put on the belt of the word of God. One. You just prove that truth is the word of God. One. Two. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. Now, what is the breastplate of righteousness? That is, having the righteousness of God. What this means is that you must not rely in any other thing than what Jesus has done. That is, the righteousness that is of faith. So that we can understand the righteousness that the Bible is talking about, the breastplate of righteousness. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 from verse, uh, from verse 5. Romans chapter 10 from verse 5. Now, Romans chapter 10 from verse 5. It says, for Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live by them. Now listen to this, listen to this. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Do not say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what should you say? I will together now. The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your spirit, that is the word of faith which we preach. So the righteousness of God, or say the breastplate of righteousness that you are being asked to put on, is the righteousness that is by faith. And what is the righteousness that is by faith does? The righteousness that is by faith speak the works of the Lord Jesus. So your breastplate of righteousness is that you go there, can you go into that territory and say, hey, hello, Jesus has already won. You will realize that both the truth and the righteousness of God is the same thing. The truth is just, um, he says, if you hold the truth, the breastplate of righteousness means you, you should hold on to it and let it be the thing you are relying on. Not some, see, I, I'm saying this without apologies, not some candles, not some sacrifices, not your prayers. You don't say it because I have prayed fire prayers for 12 hours. You now want to go out. You are ready to face the devil. You are joking, right? You will be shocked. Our, 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 our consciousness. I will get it now. Our righteousness is not, the righteousness we live by is not in our works. It's not in the things that we can do. It's not in any sacrifice that we can pay. But in what Christ Jesus has what? Has done breastplate of righteousness i would get a brethren and then he said having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace that is wear your shoes and your shoes are the preparation of the gospel of peace that is you must be actively involved in the sharing of the gospel now every member every believer in christ that is not actively involved in the sharing of the gospel is not witnessing christ listen to this and if you are not witnessing Christ, what it means is that spiritually speaking, you are not putting on shoes. What will happen to you is that your life will lack stability. Any man, any believer in Christ Jesus that fails to witness Christ is his or her life will lack stability. And I'm being honest with you many times, and this is what 60% or 70% of our, of our Christians in our churches lack. Witnessing Christ. 
and our lives lack stability and we want to replicate witnessing christ with prayer how do we want to substitute witnessing christ for prayer shoes your shoes are to witness christ the preparation of the gospel of peace he said and he said above all take ye the shield of faith take you what the shield of faith that you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked now if our shield is faith then we must ask ourselves what is faith faith romans chapter 10 verse 17 faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of god what can you say again faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of god hearing is a continuous process i hope you know faith cometh by continually hearing god's word you see that the shield of faith is almost the same thing as the breastplate of righteousness are we together now and said take the element of salvation you must make sure you are born again and the sword of the spirit which is the what this one spells it out the word of god the word of god is not the bible in your hand the word of god is the word of god that is in your mouth the word of god in your mouth is the sword of the spirit not the bible you are carrying in your hands you know we watched some own videos when we were little where we see pastors dramatizing with demons and they are using their bibles to you know to strike demons you're joking right please do not do not make that mistake the word of god is not it is not the bible in your hand it becomes a weapon when it is in your mouth it becomes a weapon when it is in your mouth coming from your spirit are we together now Bible now says praying always with all prayer now listen to this praying always with all prayer now all praying is praying but there are different kinds of praying if there were no different kinds of praying this scripture will say wouldn't say praying always with all prayer so there are different kinds of praying this is to tell you that different kinds of praying fit different kinds of situations so depending on the manifestation of darkness that is happening there there is a kind of praying that fits it are we are we together now if you are expecting something good to happen to you and it is yet to come in you should know that it is not god that is stopping it from coming because his word says he has given you all things the only person that can stop god's provision from coming to you is the devil are we together now so you don't go to god and begin to ask him for the provisions again you face the devil and you command him to take his hands off when you face the devil and command him to take his hands off it means that you have faith are we together now because you believe what god has said that he has given unto you then it will come praying always with all prayer there are different kinds of praying there's the prayer of constant abiding there's the prayer of worship there's the prayer of commitment there's the prayer of supplication are we together now different kinds of praying hallelujah what we are saying this evening is that jesus expects you to insist listen to this that there are situations that will continue to happen until the day you disallow it there are experiences that you will continue to have until the day you disallow it i would go now can i give you one minute can you just pray in the spirit one minute pray in the spirit Ereke diamando sabedi kadu sharan dereke mieni ana masoba ribadasha.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I will do it now. So there are experiences, if you do not stop them, if you do not disallow them, they will continue to happen. It is not the responsibility of God to come and make this thing stop. Whatsoever you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. Whatsoever you disallow on earth shall be disallowed in heaven. There's an account from my mentor, the late Reverend Hagin. How are we together now? There's an account he said he had with the Lord Jesus. He, the Lord Jesus came to him in a vision, and the Lord Jesus was speaking to him in that vision. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, a spirit just appeared out of nowhere and began to make a lot of noise. He said it was, a fun, it was a funny spirit. Began to make a lot of noise and it was, began to, and it was smoking. It was smoky. A smoky figure and began to make a lot of noise. A lot of noise enough that I couldn't hear what Jesus was saying any longer. I said he was just there for some time and then something just reminded him, ah, why don't you command the spirit to get out of here in the name of Jesus? And so he commanded the spirit to get out in the name of Jesus. And then the spirit left. And then they continued their conversation. He now said the next time <laughs> the Lord Jesus visited me again, that was yesterday. He now asked, how did you not why, Jesus, did you not address that spirit that day in our last meeting? And now Jesus said, because I have given unto you all power to deal with it. Hallelujah. I am telling you that Jesus will not come and fix the issues you are expected to fix by yourself. I will do that now. It is your responsibility to make sure certain things does not happen to you. One of those things is what we want to look at tonight, afflictions. It is your responsibility to make sure that you are not afflicted again, not God. Because he has done his part concerning it. We are going to see it now that God has done his part concerning it. He has done his part concerning how you are not going to be afflicted again in your life. He has done his part concerning how griefs, sorrows are not going to be your experience again in your life. He has done his part concerning Turning out sicknesses of all kinds is not going to be a part of your experience again in life. You are going to want to begin to possess your victory. You are going to be the one to possess all that God has done for you. Isaiah chapter 53 now from verse 1. Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 1. Let me know, break a douce, regiani, baradushi, elika, radura, elekra, diragazi, elemenatuba. Rebalasia Gashata, Imilica, Sombani, Tarama, Lembre, Neki, Manun, Tayana, Pesia, Lumini, Caldusi, Legerata. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 53. From verse 1. We're reading from verse 1 down to verse 6. Uh -huh. Now, Isaiah said, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the harm of the Lord revealed? Who had believed our report? To whom is the hand of the Lord revealed? Hallelujah. Now it says, for he shall grow up. Now listen to what the Bible is saying now. The person that believes our report is going to see the arm of the Lord. Is going to see the mighty hand of the Lord. 
remember that mighty hand of the lord that you are asked to you know uh humble yourself under that you might be exalted remember first peter 5 7 is here who have believed our report now this is the report if you believe the report i'm about to read to you the mighty arm of god is going to be revealed to you and it's going to work wonders in your life in the name of jesus now this is the report for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant talking about the lord jesus and as a root out of a dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness and when he sh we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him hallelujah he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground can i'm asking us now can a dry ground produce produce forth produce forth um you know produce forth fruit or produce forth uh you know um crops but the bible says it shall grow forth as a root out of a dry ground that is god coming out of the womb of man i would get it now he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him he is despised listen to this now describing the state of the lord jesus he is despised rejected of men he is a man of sorrows he was acquainted with grief and we eat our faces from him i would get it now he was despised again and we esteem him not now verse four surely he had borne our grief listen to this the reason he is a man of grief is because he bore your grief hallelujah he carried our sorrows the reason he was a man of sorrow is because he has carried your sorrows we esteemed him stricken smitten of god and afflicted and this is the reason afflictions must not arise again in your life because jesus has been afflicted hallelujah we esteemed him afflicted he was afflicted for your sake and the bible says that afflictions shall not arise a second time so if it is true that the bible says that afflictions shall not arise a second time and jesus has been afflicted for your sake if afflictions are arising a second time in your life you have allowed it this is my emphasis tonight hallelujah if jesus has been afflicted for your sake and the bible says that afflictions shall not arise the second time then if afflictions is arising again in your life you have allowed it i'm telling you that you have the legal ground spiritually speaking to refuse afflictions of all kinds to refuse sorrows of all kinds to refuse griefs of all kinds We have six minutes. I'm going to give you two minutes to pray. I'm going to give you two minutes to pray. I want to get it now. But before we pray, I am telling you now, this is how to deal with afflictions. Once you notice an affliction in your life, once you notice an event that should not be, once you notice, I'm being honest with you, once you notice an occurrence that is evil of any kind, once you notice something that is about to cause sorrow, I want to get it now. Do not allow it. So what do you do? 
You stand up on your two feet. I'm teaching you how to deal with afflictions now. You stand on your two feet and you stand on God's word. You insist. You invoke Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 immediately. You invoke 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 immediately. You stand on your two feet and you say, it is written, in the name of Jesus, afflictions shall not arise a second time. I was going to, you went to dream at night and you saw in the revelation that somebody pursued you and then they tried to shoot you or they did something that was awful. It was a, such a terrible dream. Wake up in the morning and said, in the name of Jesus, it is written, nothing can by enemies of me. Go about your way, nothing will hurt you. Listen to me, listen to me. You slept in the middle of the night, you woke up and you see that you have eaten all kinds of food before you woke up, is that right? Wake up and say, in the name of Jesus, nothing can by what? Enemies of, it is written, I shall consume deadly things, they shall not hurt me. Now, if you are as bold as I am, I will together now, you demand for those food to be brought in the real life. Or you demand for a different kind of food you want <laughs> in the revelation again. I will together now. I am telling you that you can allow and disallow things. Do not fall for the deception of the devil. Hallelujah. Do not fall for the deception of the devil. You don't have to fall for the deception of the devil. You can refuse it. You can disallow it. Hallelujah. Is somebody ready to disallow some occurrences in their life tonight? You notice, you notice any kind of strange occurrences? I would get it now. What you used to undo it is to take God's word. Don't just speak any word. Take God's word that addresses it straight and say, in the name of Jesus, you are not allowed. I would get it now. This is how to allow things. Not to begin to fret, not to begin to ask God to come and deal with it for you. He has given you his word. He has spoken. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. He has spoken to us by his son that is the word so what we do is to engage his son what we do is to engage the word of god and we live in victory how many of you are ready to exercise that victory in christ Jesus tonight can you begin to exercise your victory now can you begin to decree and declare the afflictions of any kind shall not arise on the second time can you begin to decree and declare Pains, griefs, sorrows of all kinds must not appear in your life. Can you begin to intentionally and consciously redeem all evil occurrences that have happened to you or that is about to happen or that has just happened? Yes, you can still redeem them by speaking exactly the promises of God into that situation. You can do that now. It is not too late. Hallelujah. 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 H